Welcome back, guys. It's Mountain Meditations. So this is episode, I think, nine of the second season. We've been doing a sort of versus battle type thing between two sides. Um, today's going to be something a little bit different. What are we talking about today, Tristan? Uh, we're we're just going straight for the clickbait now. We're going for the Democratic debates. <laughs> <laughs> we could put Andrew Yang in the title again. That'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> Get called... <laughs> be called retards by all of his <laughs> lovely polite supporters yes yes thank you guys for that so um we were thinking we could just go through what's been happening recently uh with the democratic debates talk about you know what what each of the candidates are sort of bringing to the table talk about what policies are going on um give you a sort of summary of what's happening from a i guess conservative kind of perspective uh, but we're going to try to remain as unbiased as possible which you know will not happen so Starting off the bat, I was thinking we could talk about... I'm not about even going to try to be unbiased. <laughs> I'm I was going to try. <laughs> you see, they spoke, they spoke in Spanish, my native tongue. And because they spoke in Spanish, I'm abandoning all my principles of liberty and property rights. I'm all for it. Let's do this. <laughs> Beta O'Rourke, you're my savior, dog. And Cory Spartacus Booker, you know what? <laughs> When, when they told me they were going to steal my money and infringe upon my civil liberties in my native tongue, that's when I really fell in love with them. Well, we're, we're starting off very well here. So I was thinking we could go ahead and talk about, like, why the left, it feels as though the left is sort of moving even lefter, if that makes sense. And I was thinking, the reason all of this is happening is, so I was looking up some statistics earlier. Racial diversity amongst voters has increased with every single election probably since 1990. Um, okay. women vote at much higher rates than men. Millennial turnout has doubled in four years and everything basically I would say is being pandered or most of things are being pandered towards millennial voters and minority voters on the, de on the democratic side. And that is a good strategy I would say, because I feel that in response to 2016, we're going to get a huge turnout in voters that did not vote before, that sat back and relaxed, which was all people my age. Uh, a lot of college kids did not vote in uh, the 2016 election. So mm -hmm. I think we're going to get those people coming back even stronger, which is why I think most things are pandering towards, you know, people our age. We have like abortion. In terms of the minorities, we have a lot of immigration reform, um, a lot of healthcare stuff, uh, a lot of pandering towards college tuition. Uh, is something that you will notice if you watch the debates. So a lot of things about race. So I was thinking we could go ahead and start with Bernie Sanders since I think that he's actually um, the big dog here because everybody at this point is mostly a Bernie offshoot except for um, Joe Biden. That will, yeah, Joe Biden, uh, Eric Swalwell, and John Delaney. So they, there's, they're like the sort of centrists. They're closer to center than uh, the rest. But then the rest is all this sort of like Bernie offshoot of um, very far left uh, people who are leaning towards the more democratic socialism side. So exactly. He's been saying all of these things that Elizabeth Warren, Kamala Harris and Cory Booker are saying now. And he's been saying it since 2016. Uh, and way before that, he's been doing the same thing for 40 years now. And everyone's now like, oh, okay, this is kind of cool now, so we're just going to hop on. Um, so, um, well, well, he's saying he's going to eviscerate. He's going to destroy all student loan debt. And oh, so, is he? Yeah, yeah. So here's why I think this isn't fair. So there are plenty of people who have, you've probably heard a lot of talking points on this already, but I figure we'd go ahead and summarize it. There are yeah. plenty of people who have already paid off their student loans, okay? And there are plenty of people who didn't even go to college. Uh, I think it's about two-thirds of the country do not go to college. That, that's, so, the, that's what I've heard. Two-thirds of the country does not yeah. have a bachelor's degree. Yeah. So, and whether that was because of economic decisions or not, um, most of those people, you know, well, all those people are now working tax-paying individuals. And so for their tax dollars, of these people who did not make this choice, who did not make the wrong choice to do something that they could not pay for, are now paying for the people who did. 
So that's not even, and the people who already made that choice and paid it off, that's not fair to them because they could have gotten it for free if they had just not paid it off. So, exactly. you know, yeah, there are like a multitude of reasons here why this is not a good idea. I feel like free college that, well, quote unquote free, the idea of free college is already, um, you know, it, it's already not the best idea. But when you talk about exactly. paying off student loan debt, that's even, that's much worse, in my opinion. The, the so, things that I've heard, I've heard like a, a couple of big things, and I'll go through both of them, mm-hmm. because I've got a lot of liberals who I'm friends with, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, one, of the big, <laughs> one of the big things that, I've, that I saw is uh, a guy said that what he believed, or what he saw, in his own experience, was most people who weren't for forgiving student loan debt just want things to be harder for other people because things were harder for them. And that's just not true. I don't want to forgive student loan debt because I want people, I want things to be hard for people. I don't want to forgive student loan debt because I don't want to be responsible for paying for other people's stuff. Mm -hmm. When I go, when I go to the store and I buy something, I don't expect other people to pay for it. Right. And when I decided to go to college, I didn't expect other people to pay for it. I've, and, if I have to take out, a, I was lucky. I got my first job when I was 14. I started saving up a lot of money. And I got lucky. I was able to, I've been able so far to go to college debt free. And if I have to take on a loan at some point in the future, that's just what I got to do. I, I've thought about it. I've looked at my potential earnings as a computer science student if I do well in college versus if I don't do well in college. And I've got a, a hard number where it's like if I have to take if I have to incur this much of debt, it would be better just to drop out and get a job. And I'm perfectly mm-hmm. willing to do that. I've yeah. done it before. I yeah. dropped out of college once already because I didn't want to take out a loan. Mm-hmm. It was actually and it was a really, really good idea. Don't don't knock it till you try it, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> and the, a lot of it comes down to that. And it also comes down to uh, to to fairness. You know, is yeah. it fair to use state mon- the government's monopoly of violence in order to pay, in order to force other people to pay for your stuff? Right. And no, it's not fair. Yeah, it's- and it's not even a a necessary thing. I see. I get the I get the liberal side of healthcare for all. I get that. You know, that's what we're going to talk about next. I understand where it's coming from. This, though, I do not understand where this is coming from. Because when you talk about healthcare, you're like, we're saving lives here. You know, we're trying to make literally getting well easier for people. I get that. But when it comes to this, this is just trying to make something that people don't even need in their lives just free. It's just making something. It's like it's like saying, well, let's give everyone, um, God, God free donuts like once a week it's like yeah sure we can do that but it's like do we really need to do that why don't we focus on the things that people do need and so talking about like medicare for all uh this is bernie's strong point here this is basically what he's going off of so he got asked twice about i don't know if you saw this tristan but during the debates he got asked twice he Uh, The question was, how do you plan to implement this on a national level when it hasn't worked in other smaller countries? And so his first response to this was, our system now, you know, works for profit when it should be working for the people. And it's like, okay, so, you know, profit of businesses do that they're providing high quality care for their customers. Okay, but we get it with, you know, we get that's that's your mantra. But also, you didn't answer the question. So let's ask it again. Exactly. (laughs) So, um second time he responded with well we'll do it the way we did civil rights you know we'll uh we'll fight for it we'll fight so everyone has it and he still didn't answer the question because it's like yeah we have a precedent here there has been a precedent and there have been multiple and none of them have worked yet how will you make it work and so like i said i get it i get the the premise of hey people should have the ability to get something that can help their health that makes more sense to me than college. But um, the the plan of like how to do that properly, you know, we talked about this in the other video, um, healthcare, like in the UK, for example, you know, the, the rate of uh, breast cancer deaths doubling, literally, uh, in the UK as compared to the United States, it's like quality, it's, it sort of starts to go down when you start um, 
not having it be from sorry i'm i'm, I'm having coffee here so my brain's going the quality no, i got you i got you starts to decrease over over time and how do we like balance that it's like a balancing act and i would like to i would genuinely like to hear from him how he intends to do that so that was a problem i saw with a lot of these things and i understand that the debate during this time they're not going to have time to explain their whole policy but we saw for example with kamala harris um so someone who has done a lot of flip-flopping would be kamala harris because um in 2014 she she laughed at the idea of legal marijuana which is now something that we don't even talk about anymore because honestly no one really cares but was she um, also listening to tupac four years before his first <laughs> oh, album came no. out at the, when she was laughing at that just wondering <laughs> I don't even understand why she'd lie about it. I don't know. I don't get it. I, I think it's like a, a I, hey, I'm trying to be relatable. I'm with, yeah, I you guess. know, these. But you think people yeah. can't fact check that shit? We have Google. I know. But, um. Come on. So after the debate, she was actually rising in the polls because she went after Joe Biden. And That's so fine. she. She also tried to make herself a sort of victim, and it's hard for her because she, you know, she grew up in California, and she's had, exactly. yeah. you know, very nice things. So when you try to when you try to pull this sort of victim card, then you know that people are going to do research on your family, which they have. You know, she is a descendant of Hamilton Brown, the plantation and slave owner. So for her to sort of talk about, you know, it, she even said one at some point as the only black person on stage i'd like to talk about racism and race and so everyone was like yeah and it's like okay but race has been a, a very different thing for your family yes this isn't something i guess i should be talking about as a, as a white person but i feel that if i were pulling this card on people i would want my history to align with the people that i'm trying to appeal to that's all so okay. so well, there's there's one thing about that. So if she has a slave owner or somebody who sold slaves it's somewhere down her ancestry line, it really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. Every if you go back far enough, anybody, if you go back far enough in anybody's family family tree, you'll find somebody that did something bad. That's just the nature of how things work. There are bad people out there who do bad things. And just cuz somebody who's related to you did something morally or legally wrong, doesn't mean it has any impact on you. But one the one comment that really sticks out to me that she made, it's like, as the only black person here, I'd like to talk about race. And it, it comes down to like this weird worship of identity and aesthetics that uh, narcissistic collectivists like her have, where she has special she is a, a special window into the into into the truth of the universe and race because she's a black woman. If you had a good point, you could just say it. Right. And not have to preface it with, well, I'm black, so you should really pay attention. If you yeah. have a good point, people will. If you know what you're talking about, people, it will it will just be evident in what you say. Right. Well, if I say two plus two is equal to four, do you believe me because I'm good at math? Or do you believe me because you can just put two and two together? It's not hard. If, Kam if Kamala Harris has something to say about racism, I'm sure she does. Most people do. I yeah. would be very surprised, in fact, if she didn't uh, experience some form of racism in her life she's from california that's a shithole state uh run by democrats so you know what are you gonna do it's full of racist people so i mean i'm sure she has something to talk about she could say well look this happened and that was wrong and i'll and i'll probably agree it's like yeah it's something there was some kind of a, a negative something negative happened to you or maybe even to someone close to you or just happened around you because of your race that's wrong you can identify like good policy to attack that or you can identify some kind of a cultural problem it can be a mixture of things speaking in pretty broad terms here but as soon as she prefaces it with well i am black that's how i know she doesn't really have anything important to say that's how it's just very obvious to me it's like you're she's just going out on a limb and she doesn't believe enough in the in the content of her speech she has to pat it put fluff over it yeah. Just to make sure that, you know, she's just to make sure people pay attention to her. And yeah. I just want to loop back to the healthcare thing real quick, because uh, my father was born in Spain, immigrated to the United States in the 1970s. Uh, mm. I'm dual citizen. I actually have used the European universal, I'm putting air quotes for the for the terrestrial audio listeners, 
universal health care. <laughs> and I'll tell you right now, it's not universal. It's certainly not free. You have to pay for it. You just no longer get a choice in whether or not you're paying for it. It's not universal because the government is extremely selective on who actually receives the care. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people say free. If I... <laughs> it's not free if you're being forced to do it. It's like saying you're getting free military service if you're getting drafted. That's not how this <laughs> works. It, it's being forced upon you. Don't say free. You're just objectively wrong. You just always pay for it for the rest of your life and for everybody else's, regardless of how much you use it. Uh, quality, Chris already mentioned this, but the mm -hmm. United States, I believe for cancer and other lethal uh, ailments, the United States has bare minimum three times the survival rate. So if you want to get health care and make other people pay for it, you go to Europe. If you want to get health care and you want to live, you go to America. <laughs> and the universality. A lot of people talk about the universality, and that's just strictly not true. I remember uh, Stephen Crowder talked about this. I believe Ben Shapiro talked about this, uh, how a lot of people made fun of Republicans for talking about death panels when Canada implemented yeah. their uh, their universal health care Universal. Their non-consensually state-funded health care system. So they said that there would be a panel of representatives from the state who would decide who dies and who lives and everybody made it told this would never happen it's universal and that's exactly what happened to people mm -hmm. in my family uh somebody who i am related to broke their hip in spain and at their age it is a it's you know ruth bader ginsburg uh reese not too long ago broke her rib and or maybe it was a rib or her hip and i remember thinking oh no because when you are her age very unfortunately, I'm glad she turned out all right. I know she has a family. It would be a travesty to lose one of our oldest justices. When you break any bone at that age, it's so hard for the body yeah. to recover. Yeah, it's a big I, deal. I worked, I worked at a medical clinic. It was a veterinary clinic. But even if a dog broke a, a, a leg or something when they were getting on up there 12, 15 years old, that's when, you know, this. it was a rough time because it's so hard for the body to recover from that. And it's so mm -hmm. easy for things to f just fall apart. Yeah. And what happened was my family member who broke her hip, you know, if she doesn't get it, if she doesn't get the health care she needs, she's going to die. Just straightforward. She was going to die. She was living in Spain at the time. She was going to die. Mm -hmm. And she was very old and she didn't have a lot of money and she didn't pay much in taxes. So the Spanish government said, uh, they j basically just told them that you're just going to have to wait for the health care that we won't give you because there are young men who contribute much more in tax revenue for the state. So and so you're just not financially worth it to keep alive. That also goes to something, these universal healthcare systems, the NHS, Canada's system, they're kind of sexist because women typically contribute less in taxes. So men are way more likely to get treated. So if you're against sexism, embrace the free market. Now, there's also the, the story of Charlie Gard. I think that's what his name. He was a baby born in Britain. And Charlie Gard was born with a neurodegenerative disease. And the doctors gave him, the doctor's prognosis was he's not going to live. If we take him off health support, he will die within three minutes of asphyxiation. Uh, there's generally a golden rule of three. Uh, three minutes without air, three days without water, three weeks without food. Uh, mm -hmm. if you can't, if you don't get oxygen in for three hours, you're probably going to die. Now mm -hmm. for a baby, if you, if a baby can't breathe for, uh, sorry, if you can't get oxygen for three minutes, excuse me, you can't hold your breath for three hours. No. <laughs> but a baby, a lot of people say, well, a baby could pro probably won't last as long, but a baby who's in the ICU, not moving at all, unable to move will probably last about three minutes. Mm -hmm. Now they pulled them off life support. Uh, against the parents' wishes. The parents wanted to pay for additional care. Couldn't do that. And then the parents got an offer from the Vatican because they were Catholic. The Vatican said, we'll take the kid in and we will uh, give it the treatment that it needs to keep it living longer. Because the parents, shocking, and shockingly enough, the parents wanted their kid to live. That's crazy. So, the, so and, the, and the British just said, no, you cannot, your kid must die in this hospital. And, and they, they could do that because the board of the hospital had the authority to sign off on the child's death. And they wow. said, look, he's not going to live. He's going, we're going to pull the plug and he's going to die in three minutes from asphyxiation. They pulled the plug and the baby died three days later. Oh my gosh. Now, so he was able to breathe. And not only that, remember the rule of three. 
After three days, the baby died. They refused to give the baby any kind of life support. That includes water. He was, the baby, Charlie Gard, was intentionally uh, forced to die of dehydration from universal health care. It's, what, when you, when you put the state into that kind of position, they're bureaucrats. They're soulless monsters. The government is nothing but a menagerie of pedophiles, rapists, and thieves. They'll run a quick cost-benefit analysis and decide, you know what, these people can just die and these people can just live. Unlike in a free market system where healthcare is lower cost, higher quality, and greater affordable, at a, at a greater availability, much greater. Mm-hmm. So the baby was killed by the government, yeah. by governmental incompetence. Now, you might be saying, but Tristan, the doctors signed off on this. I mean, they're doctors, and I hate to break it to you. Both my parents are doctors, and doctors are wrong sometimes. I worked for doctors, two doctors, two veterinarians, and they, were, they would be the first to admit, sometimes they're wrong. When you start putting doctors into that position that whatever they say goes, you are putting those doctors into an extremely immoral, unwinnable position. Because they're only human. You have to under, You have to give doctors the ability to just be wrong because they're human. They're going to make mistakes. Uh, I think a, a quarter million, 250,000 people die every year from medical malpractice. Are doctors mm-hmm. incompetent buffoons? Absolutely not. Most doctors are intelligent people that legitimately mm-hmm. want the best for their patients. And it doesn't matter how much they want what's best for their patients. It doesn't matter how smart they are. Sometimes you're wrong, and you have to accept that. And I've, you know, I know a couple of doctors. I've got a fair amount of doctors in my family. That's the hardest thing to accept. It causes a lot of, like, mental stress and pressure, especially when, they, when they're put in that position where people just take their word for it and assume they're right. You have to give them that you have to give them that courtesy and you have to give them that courtesy to accept that they might be wrong sometimes. Yeah. So universal healthcare is not universal. It's much more expensive. So they, a lot of people talk about, well, every other nation, every other nation, developed nation in the world has figured this out. Every other developed nation in the world takes advantage of the United States in order to have these nice things. It would be really, really hard for them to continue having these extreme expenditures on their healthcare systems if the United States didn't subsidize their drug prices, didn't subsidize all medical innovation, and didn't subsidize their defense spending. Right. Other nations are basically 30-year-old neats living in America's garage. America, as usual, taking care of the world again. For what reason? I don't know. <laughs> so, all right, Chris, I've been talking for a while. Right. <laughs> Take over. So when, when we're talking about uh, Kamala in terms of Medicare for all, she has uh, sort of backtracked on this, but I think now she's totally on board because at first she was like, um, you know, she she said that she was for it, and then later they asked her about it, and she was like, well, no, not really. And then, um, but now she's very clear under her system she wants people to be able to keep their private insurance, which is surprisingly something that's uh, kind of polarizing. So, so if we like our doctor, we can keep our doctor? If we like our health care, we can... I've heard that one before. <laughs> it does It does ring a bell. But I, I hope she's being honest on that. However, she hasn't been very clear on how any of this is going to work. So she hasn't been very upfront about it. So she could easily just be... Uh, talking about this, um, but not feeling that she needs to commit to it, which is what you'll find happens actually a lot with politicians. So that was all. Oh, also she recently tweeted, when elected president, I will give Congress 100 days to put a gun safety bill on my desk for signature. And if they don't, I will take executive action. So you guys better watch out, okay? I like that. Yeah. So I, I really like that. Send it. <laughs> Let's do it. You know, I, Chris, you were talking about this. Why the why the Democrats have moved more and more left? You yeah. you had this you had this nice answer full of like actual reason. But I'm gonna just take a shot in the dark and say I think they're just being more honest. They always I, I wanted agree. to be dictators. They always want to be dictators and tyrants. And now they're just being a little more honest about it. So Kamala, I hope you win and I hope you send it. Let's <laughs> just let's settle this. Let's settle it. Let's liberty versus tyranny. Let's do it. Send it. And let, you want the boog? Is the boogaloo what you really want? Let's, yeah, come on. So, because because if you're gonna if you're gonna sign some executive orders, I'm gonna start drilling that third hole, sister. <laughs> so, Joe Biden, let's move to talk to him because we're done with Kamala for now. 
Um, so Joe Biden, as we discussed before, a little more towards the center. He's not as radically left as um, the rest of them. So which means yeah. he's probably going to get shafted. So in theory, I feel that Biden would be the best fight against Trump. And here's why. He's closer to the middle. So what all they needed, this is what Ben Shapiro has talked about. All the Democrats needed to do this election was not be crazy. That's all they had to do. If you don't be crazy, you can beat Trump, you know, because we have crazy already. Trump is pretty crazy. So all you had to do was say, okay, here's a moderate, reasonable looking person, old man. Uh, we know he's a familiar face, you know. He appeals to the left, but he also appeals yeah, to the average board. person. And he's not aggressive and he's not hectic. So um, th there's an unfortunate problem here is I, he's not left enough. However, he is doing very well in the polling. He's still at the top right now. And right now we're getting to the point where uh, polling is going to start accurately reflecting who is going to win. And right now I believe it's somewhere around like Biden, then Bernie, and then a Warren and Kamala sort of standoff at the bottom. I think Kamala's fourth. So um, Biden's doing very well, but he dropped after the debate. And I think a reason for that is what I talked about before. He got uh, a little bit blasted by Kamala for the racial tension that has been sort of uh, – has sort of come to light about his past. And so we're going to – I guess we could talk about that a little bit, but basically – um, one, one problem that he has is that he has to answer for a lot of the problems that occurred under the Obama administration, which is not fun to do because we have a lot of, you know, very aggressive, uh, drone striking happening. Uh, we have a lot of things like that that went on and now Biden is sort of, you know, as the vice president at the time, he has to answer for those things. So when we look back, it's easy to blame Biden. We can find all the problems under the Obama administration and say, well, you were there for that. Why didn't you change that? And yeah, that's a that's a legitimate question to ask. So I think that that's a problem that he's going to have and he will keep having having until the end. Um, so he people have been saying that he's been sort of these praising these racists that he used to work with. And he has come out and said, I'm not praising them. I just worked with them. Uh, they were my, you know, colleagues, and we agreed on these things, so we focused on these things. Um, however, he did give a eulogy at Strom Thurmond's funeral in which he praised hmm. him a ton. So there are, eh, it's, it's a little iffy there. I can get why someone would say that's a little fishy because, you know, Thurmond was a noted critic of pretty much every civil rights movement <laughs> in the world. So... Um, but noted critic of civil rights movement is a very <laughs> polite way to say he was racist. <laughs> That's so, actually good. I like that, Chris. Thank you. I came up with that myself. So um, he's he's uh, Biden is sort of representative of the old liberals, and he even had someone who is it that called him out? Uh, oh yeah, it was Eric Swalwell. He <laughs> he said it's time for Biden to patch the torch because he's old. Which I think is very funny because he insulted both Biden and uh, Bernie in one go. But yeah. um, it's not a very good argument either because, yeah, while health may be an issue, but it, it's obvious that uh, Biden and Bernie are not exactly in wheelchairs yet. And they both do have their, their mental capacities with them. So Yeah, I don't think any of them is out of the game yeah. based on age. <laughs> So I think, I think Bernie's out of the game based on being a moron, but <laughs> that's not because he's he was stupid when he was young, too. When he was young, he was getting kicked off socialist communes for being lazy right. and writing yeah. rape pornography, as socialists tend to do. <laughs> so only thing about Biden is like, um, I think I think he's not part of this new and trendy sort of left. I, I keep saying the same things over and over. Basically, I don't think he's left enough. I think he could do well if things were different. Um, I think he is the perfect candidate to beat Trump, aside from the fact that he is an old, white, uh, straight man, which is a problem. So he's going to have to answer for that. But also, he uh, ended his debate, the, the closing statements where they went around, I thought this was funny, he ended uh, with, support our troops, 
or God bless our troops or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was. And I thought that was interesting. Oh, that's because, not going to fly well. Yeah. You know, the Democratic Party is all about our troops. So <laughs> <laughs> other than that. like other than like Tulsi Gabbard, Tulsi. <laughs> right. Uh, notably, notably, I think Tulsi very anti-war, mm-hmm. really big on bringing the troops home, yeah. which I like. Mm-hmm. And I mean that completely un- unironically. I like it. Good stuff, Tulsi. Yeah, she seems pretty cool. She's only 37, too. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. So, um, and then the I last she, thing... I believe she is a veteran as well. Yes, she is. Yeah. Don't quote me on that. I'm pretty sure. Like, yeah. 80% sure. Mm-hmm. And last thing about Joe Biden, uh, sometimes he doesn't know how to handle himself around women and little girls, but no one cared about that before. Nobody cares about it now, apparently, so I, I guess no one's talking about that. So, he's a little creepy. I always thought Trump's right, so, Sleepy Joe thing should have been Creepy Joe, but I don't know. Maybe that's just me. It could have been. I just I just pulled up the Real, Real Clear Politics 2020 uh, right. latest primary polls for the Democratic uh, candidates. Okay. Uh, creepy Biden is leading at plus two. He's at 22. Uh, my homegirl Harris, she's at 20. Close second. Burnout Panders is at 13. Focahontas, 14. Whoa. But, Buttigieg. Buttigieg. <laughs> I just don't know how to pronounce it. Buttigieg is at four. Beta L. Rourke is at one. Uh, Spartacus is at three. Tulsi Gabbard, unfortunately, at one. Oh, okay. Andrew Yang, also unfortunately, at one. Castro, the commie, at one. Yeah. Klobuchar, clobbering her interns, at one. <laughs> Gillibrand and Gillibrand and de Blasio. Gillibrand. So, did you hear about Yang? Apparently his mic was cut. I did hear about that. I thought that was interesting. Is, you know, we've talked super about whack. him before. Uh, obviously, I, I want Yang. Lots I want of Yang to just get thrown in the pit. Yeah, I, like, I kind of wanted him to to go in. I think a lot of people were yeah. wanting. A lot of people who know who he is wanted him to go in because he's a very and you know he's a smart guy. And we wanted to yeah. see what he had to say because he's sort of the newcomer here. But unfortunately, you know, that's not what happened. They didn't give him. A, they didn't give him a lot of time. No, which I think. They might just be doing for like ratings reasons, because you know who people are tuning in for. Yeah, tuning in for Sanders and Harris and yeah. Biden. I'd, but I think give the Yang Gang a chance is what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, even though they've been really mean to us, I think we should give them a chance. Yeah. So Andrew Yang, uh, f- uh pretty, pretty uh, surprisingly defended Andy Nyo mm-hmm. on Twitter. I, saw uh, that. I hope I'm pronouncing that name right. Yeah, and you know. Andrew, I don't agree with that stuff, but hats off to you, bud. Yeah. I like that. Uh, Antifa, the exceedingly fascist uh, action group. Violent um, hate group. Violent. Well, you know how the left is with violence, how much they love that. Um, you know, he he def- he came out and defended Andy Nio. I think he's trying to, like, kind of undercut some of the more moderate people, maybe. Yeah, yeah that's and what And Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard maybe going for, like, the blue dog Democrats, I think they're called, who are just, like, maybe a little more patriotic, maybe mm-hmm. like the troops a little more. Yeah. And she's got an interesting angle with the bring the troops home thing. Yeah. I don't think uh, nation building or wars in general are very popular with no. uh, the general population. Yeah. I think that uh, Biden, Sanders, Warren, and Harris, you know, they – I think they're generally just avoiding that topic. Like, mm-hmm. which you, are you going to keep – are you going to keep troops there? Are you going to keep – are you going to bring them home? Because I think that uh, – for, for people who are very entrenched in the government, war is great because it gives you more money and power. Yeah. But for people like Tulsi Gabbard who actually have seen war, they know the cost that that power comes from. Yeah. And I do respect that a lot. She's a veteran. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your service. I'm with you on that. Not with you on much else. Yeah. But, you know, I can live with that. Andrew Yang. I want Andrew Yang to just go in on somebody. I know. Like, he, he's been so polite mm-hmm. and so nice. I want him to get big And mad. I like that. And just yeah. wreck people, you know? Andrew, next time, just whip it out. Yeah. What are you just, doing? You know what? <laughs> <laughs> so Throw some hands, Andrew. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we, we mentioned Swalwell a little bit, uh, the guy who attacked um, Biden for being old. He's oh, mostly, my other favorite. Yeah. He's mostly a centrist. Um, and then, centrist. <laughs> and then we've got uh, Michael Bennett who is against Medicare for all. There, there's some people I, I found here, like John Delaney. I think it's Delaney. Is it Delaney? I'm not sure. I heard it. I'm bad with names like that. But um, basically, he seems to run on what he doesn't like. What I noticed about him is he seems like a very angry little man, and he spends most of the time complaining about the policies that he hates. But 
What you'll notice about most of the very good candidates when you watch the debates is that the big dogs who are doing very well will talk. They don't even talk about the things that they dislike. They talk about the things that they exactly. that they're going to do that are going to help people because that's the whole point of this. It's not it's not stand up there and complain about things. So Tristan and I wouldn't do well because that's all we do. But <laughs> we can't just stand up there and complain about everything. You have to actually provide some sort of solution. And uh, poor poor John doesn't seem to be uh, doing that. Um, but he is against health care for all, which I guess is pretty neat. Uh, Cory Booker, as we talked about before, he speaks Spanish. He's a black yeah. man. What more could you it, want? Exactly. Um, he wants I'm, to. I'm one all thing aboard. I, th- I thought was interesting, I guess this was sort of something I wanted to jump off on, but he wants to start, just quickly though, because we need to get through these candidates, he wants to start a $15 minimum wage. So I think what all of these, and there are a couple of candidates that actually want to do this, I think what all of these big league politicians don't really realize is how much money that actually is, especially as a minimum wage. So I Let's currently make it an make, even 20. <laughs> Even twenty minimum wage. Let's just everyone you know makes what, six go figures. For, everyone makes six figures. Let's just do that. If we're gonna go for Keynesian economics, let's just do it. <laughs> just treat it like guns. Just be honest. Yeah. You just want to take other people's money. Yeah. Just say that. <laughs> so it's like let's what if we're stop. Uh, you know what? Twenty. Twenty is only one fifth of a hundred dollars. <laughs> and if you had a hundred dollars an hour, you'd be rich. Yeah. Let's just bump it up. Hundred dollars. Everyone hour. can. And you be know rich. what? There we go. A hundred dollars is one tenth of a thousand dollars. Andrew you Yang, know. universal basic income. We won't even need UBI if we're all just making a grand an hour. Yeah, that'd be pretty dope, so, honestly. Yeah, I, I solved it. This, this is it. <laughs> so with me personally, you know, everyone likes to talk about their own personal things. I just got up to $13 an hour at uh, my crummy retail job. And that is really good, especially for the area that I'm living in. That's another nice. thing. So at the point of $15 an hour, we talked about this, I think, like three times already, but let's go ahead and talk about it again. A business will seriously start to wonder whether or not you're worth it to them. You know, because a business is, in terms of profit, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for exactly. someone who they can pay, who can come in, do their job, and then the business will still make profit. And I've actually seen a lot of... Um, People saying things like, well, you know, a business, uh, they act like profit is greedy, you know? And so in certain states, $15 an hour is much more reasonable than in others. In North Carolina, that's a lot of money for a retail worker. Um, In California, you know, cost of living, much higher. In that case, it makes more sense. So, and, and this, just to add a little side note here, this is why the Electoral College and state legislation exist, is because every state has a vastly different economic climate. You know, $15 an hour in one side of the country is very different from the other side of the country. So yeah, you can't exactly. just say if, if you live in everybody a good state, makes 15. So if you don't live in some shithole like California, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, you know, out in the middle of the desert making $15 an hour, that's pretty dope. Because, exactly. like, cost of living is, like, 500 a month. So, yeah, uh, But I, exactly. I also can't believe I have to explain this with, with the whole profit thing. But profit is what drives business. Like, this is very simple. If you sincerely think that businesses should not be trying to make profit, then I'm not sure what incentive a business would have to even exist. So if you think about it, a business as its own entity, then that's uh, your position to say that they don't deserve to make profit. That's very entitled because you going into work every day, you do that for the incentive of profit. And everyone works in this free market system in order to make profit. And that's what makes it work together. And sure, businesses, big businesses often take advantage of some people. Yes. But to say that we can, you know, Cory Booker can legally Spartacus his way in and just bully these, these businesses into... Uh, paying, you know what's going to happen is that you're actually going to start losing hours. They're going to start cutting hours. They're going to say, well, I don't want you to work 40 hours a week at $15 an hour. Why don't you work 20 instead? And then we'll make it work. So people are probably going to be losing work. You know, they're going to want to hire less people. Honestly, at this point, automation is going to start to look kind of pretty. It's going to, you know, because at this point, um, automation is quite expensive, much more expensive than the average worker. But to say, hey, Automation. you're making $15 an hour, uh, yeah. man, hmm. I think we might start to look at these machines. Hmm. It's, it's going to start looking really pretty. Man, so, suddenly computers are less expensive than you. Yeah. So weird. Yeah. But um, Cory Booker, yeah, he's black. So 
Uh, but moving that's, on, that's what so, you should take away from this. That's what that's what <laughs> that he the wants you to summary. remember. <laughs> so then we have Robert Francis O'Rourke, and so about oh, some of you may know him as uh, Beto El Beto. So when asked about this is my favorite scene. So when asked about a seventy percent tax rate, he, he responded, responded with "Donde está el biblioteca?" <laughs> I was gonna say "Yo quiero Taco Bell," but that worked as well. <laughs> And then he talked about voter registration, and everyone was like, what is going on? And so he did very poorly. Everyone, pretty much everyone agrees that he did very poorly in the debates. And, you know, obviously there's a, there's a reason for that. Fucking so, shocker. Yeah. Um, he also, he it went on immigration, he's sort of like iffy. It's like, he, he did release a, this immigration plan that was um, supposed to provide millions of people illegal with a pathway to U.S. citizenship, the people that are already in the country. Um, but also he wants to send thousands of lawyers to the border to help the asylum cases. And then he said he wants 50, no, $5 billion dollars to improve living conditions in Central America. So we know that, you know, when we talk about pandering, I think Mr. Robert Francis is probably one of the best at this. And I think people can see right through it. I just think I don't think it's very genuine at this point. I think there's pandering and then there's I genuinely want to help people. And at this point, uh, Robert is leaning sort of over to the other side of pandering. So uh, Castro actually called it out, called him out on it. He said he didn't do his homework and he wanted to fully decriminalize uh, illegally crossing the U.S.-Mexico border. Um, not, not that he's for, there, there's a distinction here. He's not for open borders, but he wants to decrease the ramifications of being an illegal immigrant, which hmm. is, a you know, there, there's a, there's a middle point there where Castro is. And I was going to talk about open him. the borders a little, <laughs> just a little bit. Wait, yeah. I got to do the camera. Hang on. It's okay to drink bleach if you only drink just a little bit. All right. So, you ever notice that, I'm sure we t they talked about this during the debates, a lot of Democrats, they believe that voter ID, is it racist? Yes. Right. But licensing firearm owners, that's not racist? Mm -hmm. So, so putting, putting the right to vote, uh, you know, you have a civil right to vote. Putting that behind a poll tax or a license, that's racist and wrong. But putting your civil right to own a gun and defend yourself from the tyrannical government, the tyrannical government has also decided that that's, oh, that that's not racist and it's totally chill. So weird mm -hmm. how the government is fine with you giving up some of your civil liberties, but not others. So, yeah, I actually, so weird. I actually read through uh, Julian Castro's website. And so he only has, he doesn't have very many policies. He has like about five things that he's running on. And he's not going to be doing well in the election. So there's not really any point in us talking about this, but I kind of wanted to cover it because there's some things that he brings up that are under the guise of, hey, I want to help everything. And it's like, ooh, you're going to be hurting things. <laughs> so he's a huge supporter of affirmative action. Whether you agree with that or not, um, that is a slippery slope. I don't even think we have a whole episode to, to go down that path. So I'm just going to throw out that. But one of his biggest policies, of course, will be for housing since he was the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development under the Obama administration. So right. that's understandable. Um, he also talks about the lead crisis. I thought this was interesting. He had such like – he had these kind of oddball policies, not that they're bad – um, one of them I'm going to talk about, but, uh, the lead crisis in Flint, he wanted to eliminate lead poisoning. That sounds pretty cool to me. I don't think that's anything that's going to get people, um, out of their seats, you know, to, to vote yeah, for. I, I, exactly. you know, he's not doing well in polling and there's a reason for that. I think people have these certain issues that they're voting for. And I don't think lead poisoning is at the top of that list, although I respect it. But the one I want to talk about is his, his talk about police. So policing was his like top policy on his list and he was going to he was going to make it so he he wanted a lot of restrictions on the police because he said that I'm with you it. know there's a whole race thing going on and so he wanted to restrict the self defensive measures 
that uh, law enforcement can take, not only for themselves, but for the safety of other people. You know, things about, like, you can't shoot at a moving car. Um, and here was, here was one I thought that was interesting. Purposefully hiring different races of officers so that they, quote-unquote, look like the communities they serve. So this one sort of defeats the purpose of a meritocracy, and we could talk about this. You know, this is related yeah. to affirmative action totally. But, I'm, sure, um, I'm sure you've gleaned that we are very pro-meritocracy. And yeah. my, my snap reaction to those two things is, don't shoot at a moving car, I'm with it, that's fine. That's a ricochet waiting to happen. You are so much more likely to have a ricochet and hurt an innocent bystander than you are to, than you are to stop a car. I'm perfectly fine with that. You, no matter who you are, even if you are a police officer, don't shoot at a moving car. Moving metal is going to ricochet with your bullet, and so, someone, even the shooter, could get hurt. Crazier things have happened. Ricochets can go anywhere. Literally anywhere. And as for the second thing, uh, it just comes back to the thing I talked about with Kamala Harris, the weird narcissism-based in identity. Yeah. It doesn't matter what color they are. It doesn't matter what gender they are. It doesn't matter their sexuality. What matters well, is, are they an effective police officer? That was if his they, point for this entire thing, is that he... Wait, was? He, that, that was his... No, he was against that point. I thought, his whole, I thought he said he wanted to... I thought he said he wanted to hire specifically based on race. Yes, here's what I'm talking about. That's his point of this whole policing thing, is he started... Like, his first sentence was, um, we want to make it so that the racism amongst policemen stops. Like, that was the whole point of this whole thing. So for for him, I'm saying, I'm not saying he agreed with you, I'm saying he disagreed with you. Oh, okay. So in terms of, yeah. like, skin color, um, you know, like I said, meritocracy. I, I would much rather policemen be hired by their skill. Also, I'm wondering, um, what it, what about predominantly white cities? So... Would we say, would we have to reject uh, black or Latino officers from their force since they don't look like the communities that they serve? Yeah, that's super um, whack. Yeah, that would cut out on a lot of jobs for those people. And, you know, just food for thought, I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, I doubt that was his intention, but I think we can also, you know, we can pull a, the old switcheroo on that one. Um, Race only matters if you're shallow. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Gonna, I'm just going to be real with you. Yeah. If you um, if you are shallow enough to care about that sort of thing, you know, maybe get a hobby. Get a job. <laughs> just, you know, there are more important things in life than the melanin content. <laughs> just saying. You know, Chris and I get along. Yeah, we do. Sometimes. <laughs> Amanda does not like me. <laughs> but that's for way That's not your reasons. skin color. That's your personality. <laughs> yeah, and I'm with her. I don't like my personality either. <laughs> Moving on. Back to the debates. Yeah, I, so, so all in all, I think, you know, we've we've basically gone through all the, the big hitters here. Um, we went, oh, we, we didn't really talk about Elizabeth Warren, but to me, she seems like um, she's sort of Bernie Sanders, but like slightly different, you know, like the don't copy yeah. my homework kind of thing um but she you know she's very into free college in the debates she did very well the only time she didn't do well was when she was asked about guns she couldn't quite focus her thoughts there she just sort of like you know mumbled something about we need to do more research um obviously not something that she's very passionate about and i can understand that because not every you can't expect every single candidate to have all of their um, policies that they're highly, highly um, passionate about. And also you have to remember that a lot of these people are going to be, like, for example, if someone has a more moderate or centrist viewpoint about something, it's going to be harder for them to um, talk about that when they're surrounded by the far left. So uh, I think that's why we see everyone moving left is because they're they're trying to outdo each other. You know, uh, you know abortions for everyone you know trans people everything yeah, not just not just women men 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 need abortions too you know what yeah. and like it just it, keeps it's like going Anakin further, Skywalker you know? he's he's not just avoiding the men but the women and the children too. <laughs> and the children <laughs> I hate babies they're coarse and rough and get everywhere if only we could just neck them while they're in the room and while they're still in the womb so what I'm I'm looking at the data right now from real mm -hmm. clear politics 
it looks to me like uh, Kamala Harris has had the biggest jump. She went yeah. from The Economist YouGov at 7 to Quinnipiac at 20, closest to Biden uh, in a close second. Warren staying pretty consistently apart from one uh, from one small drop, pretty consistently in the double digits. Biden yeah. and Sanders, uh, Michael Eric Dyson's wet dream of mean, mad white men. Uh, <laughs> you know, Biden staying at the top. I think that he's got like the old people vote on lock. Because mm-hmm. he's old and they're old. Yeah. And there's not a lot else that people think about for some reason. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think generation is going to come into play. Race is going to come into play. Gender, you know, all these things are sort of pandering to, you know, speaking Spanish. All these things are going to come into play, which is why I brought up Kamala Harris's family. I don't think that it's relevant, personally. You know, we talked about this it's, at the beginning. I don't think... It's relevant, but when you start playing these games, then I want to start playing these games, and yeah. then I'm stupid as well, and it's my fault for falling for that. So it's we, you know, they're, yeah, they're 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 setting the rules of the game, and it's like, do you want to play by those rules too? I really don't. But if this yeah. is this is what they want, apparently they want yeah. to be identitarians. Shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> especially. Especially when you start talking about um, reparations, that's when this all comes into play. And I don't, I don't really want to get into this, but I think if we were talking about reparations, a problem with that that's going to arise is what I talked about before with Kamala Harris and the background of her family. We're going to start pointing fingers at people. We're going to have to do research on every single person. You know, who should be paying what? Who should be receiving what? Um, you know, do you really have a right to reparations if your family never was involved in the slavery uh, that was occurring in America? Um, do what if you're what if you're white and your ancestors, you know, were not involved in slavery as well? So what what happens to those people? So it it sort of becomes this more of a like you said, it's a it's shallow. It's more like we take one glance at someone, we assume everything about them. And I think that's when things start to go downhill. So all in all, um, lots of, I mean, mostly it feels to me like the Bernie club versus the uh, Biden club. We'll see what happens in the end. Um, stay tuned, guys. Maybe we'll have more to talk about in terms of the election. And- Andrew Yang, I'm rooting for you, bud. <laughs> Uh, let's do this. Yay, gang. Yay, gang. <laughs> let's just let's just really fuck the economy. <laughs> you know, just give out free money. Who cares? Also, yeah. Cory Booker, O'Rourke, just stop trying to speak Spanish. Your Spanish sucks. Yeah. I'm going to be real with you. Yeah. It's, there's obviously, like, there's Castilian Spanish, which is the correct and very proper and Spanish from Madrid. And then there's like Mexican Spanish, which is an entirely different dialect, and it can be seen as something that doesn't have the kind of form that Castilian Spanish is. And somehow you don't get either of them right. <laughs> somehow you manage to suck at both. Good job. I. It actually pains me to try to piece together your words. It's like trying to read a very poorly worded tweet where you mm-hmm. honestly believe that the person had a stroke in the middle of it. Yeah. It's. It's like none of your grammar is bad, your vocabulary is bad, your policies are terrible. Kamala Harris 2020 for the people. Let's get this boog- let's get this boogaloo started. Just let's let's just do it. What if we ended let's end with predictions. Um predictions. Uh, I think yeah. that I have a couple of big ones. I All think right. that Andrew Yang and Tulsi Gabbard are going to get a big push at some point. I think that Andrew Yang is going to get more aggressive in the debates. He's, you know, his mic got cut out. Maybe that was just an accident. Maybe that was uh, some some underhanded tactics. But I think he's going to recognize that he's going to start going in. I think that Andrew Yang is A, very likable, B, very smart, C, knows what he's talking about, and what's the word? Articulate. He's articulate. When I listen mm-hmm. to him talk, it's very easy for me to follow his train of thought, and I like that a lot. I know exactly what he's talking about, and I, you can just you can digest the information that he puts out so well. Tulsi Gabbard, I think, will get a big push from for her uh, for her non-interventionist stances, pulling the troops out. If we have some kind of boondoggle, like for example, Iran 
recently. I think they knocked down a drone. If we have something like that mm-hmm. and some American soldiers get implicated in some stuff, I think that Tulsi Gabbard will just pounce on that and say, look at what I was telling you. This didn't have to happen. We didn't have to lose any soldiers or equipment. Yeah. I think that I think that Biden will always be top three. I, my, my top three threats are Biden, Harris, and Sanders. And I think that with Tulsi Gabbard and Andrew Yang as wild cards, I think that at some point, I'd be willing to bet that at some point, Andrew Yang will have a really nice clip. He'll get to say something really good. He'll get a really good zinger on somebody, and mm-hmm. he's going to skyrocket up. People are going to look at the Yang. Yang Gang's going to go nuts on Twitter. It's going to be a, <laughs> it's going to be a fun thread. Hashtag Yang Gang. Am I right, fellas? I think he. I think it's secure if the there's bag. A dark horse, if there's a dark horse to take this, it's Andrew Yang. But Andrew Yang picked the wrong party to be a grassroots guy because super delegates. Basically, to win the nomination, you have to get delegates. And delegates are private individuals within the DNC, and they vote. It's to determine democratically. They vote. Uh, they, they'll have, like, uh, primaries in each state. So there will be uh, Democrat DNC delegates in the Carolinas, Texas, California, etc. And basically, if you win the Democratic primary in that state, you will get the delegates usually. But there's super delegates, which are not bound to the votes of the people. And that's mm-hmm. how Hillary Clinton was able to really clinch it out versus uh, Bernie Sa- Burnout Panders last election. It, it was super delicate. Super delicates are there to ensure that grassroots campaigns are just so much harder. So Andrew Yang, he's the most likely dark horse to do it, but that's a, that's a rough, rough... You're asking a lot, mm-hmm. Yang gang. You're asking a lot. Yeah. And for what it's worth, I like Andrew. But you're asking a lot. He's really got to. He's got to talk to. The, he's got to get the super delegates on his side, and he's got to win these primaries. A mm-hmm. lot's going to have to happen. But you never know. He could. He could get that one. If he got that one good win, and like maybe the ratings on a debate go way up when Andrew Yang is talking, mm-hmm. then they're going to feed him some more questions. The TVs are going to respond to that free market incentive. It's like okay, Andrew Yang draws in eyes. I guess we'll uh, give him some more questions, give him some more airtime. I think the more airtime Yang gets, the deadlier he becomes. I think yeah. that's that's actually exactly what I want to say. Now that I think about it, the more time Yang has in the spotlight, the deadlier he becomes, mm-hmm. for sure. I okay. So my turn now. Uh, I disagree with everything that you just said. <laughs> I do, <laughs> I do not think Yang has a chance. I don't think anyone's going to listen to him. Um, I don't think. Anything's going to happen there. Um, Kamala Harris, I think she's doing well for now. I don't think she she has the ability to move further, though. I think this is the the peak of where she's at. I could be totally wrong, and that's fine. This is just our wild predictions here. Um, I think Warren is going to do better. I think Biden is going to only get worse. I think people are going to go off of the old white guy thing, and I think it's just going to exactly. go downhill for him. Um I think Bernie is going to be the winner here. Uh, looking through the uh, Democratic side of things, especially on social media, um, I think the reason that Warren will fall behind um, is, because, is because Bernie Sanders is the, the front runner for this party, and then um, uh, Warren is just going to like – just going to look like a carbon copy. And at that point, I think people are going to be like, well, we just want Bernie. Familiar face. You know, he got shafted in the last election. Let's do it for him this time. So I, I, I while I agree with you, I think, you know, Yang is obviously a very smart guy. Um, I don't think the average American person is going to be like, hey, yeah, this guy, yeah. Because he doesn't really offer anything that's like, exciting and fun you know that's what we're looking for as as ben shapiro says fresh faces uh so fresh so, so face so, <laughs> so i don't think he's he's bringing that he's not bringing controversy he's not bringing excitement that's what they want so uh Sex i think it up andrew yang undo that top button <laughs> yeah. let, let him see what you got going on brother i think i think robert o'rourke is out i think uh spartacus is out I think Castro is out despite doing better. Um, I'm with you on all three of those. 
Yeah, I think... Um, Beta L. Rourke couldn't win Texas. <laughs> Cory Booker... Cory Booker is... He's just... It's like, he's black, but Kamala is a black woman. Yeah. And so she's got and, two points, and, intelligent. and he's only got one. <laughs> well, intelligent is relative. Well, smarter than old Sparty, but... um. The big, so, the big thing, I think, is that the superdelegates are just going to swing uh, Joe Biden. I think that the superdelegates are going to decide, let's go with the incumbent. Joe Biden was vice president. Everybody thought he was funny and goofy. You know, Parks and Rec couldn't have jerked <laughs> off Joe Biden harder if they tried. Okay. So, so let's, let's go with – I think that – Your your say is Joe Biden and my say is uh, Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Let's go with Joe that. Biden is like going in on a two-pair – and <laughs> Bernie Sanders is like having a flush draw. It's like somehow pulling Com- a joker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, Andrew Yang is the joker. <laughs> this wasn't supposed to be here. And he goes, ah, reasonability. Let's, let's play it anyways. <laughs> Thought. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> numbers. Uh, so that's that's enough for now, guys. Uh, we'll probably talk about this later, like I said. Uh, yeah, thanks, thanks so for much listening. for listening. Yeah, this was a longer podcast. I hope you made it all the way to the end. Uh, if not, if you're on YouTube, go watch clips that will be put out of every single podcast that we have. So for those with shorter attention spans, subscribe to Mountain Meditations. Follow InDev Studios on Twitter. Go to our website, indevstudios.com. Uh, donate. I don't know <laughs> how you would do that, but just send us money. I don't know. And um, yeah. We'll post our address. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good idea. <laughs> Um, and if you want to talk to us, just, uh, respond, you know, say something in the comments. Um, heck you can yeah. even, we'll even respond to comments if you, if you bring up something that we think is interesting. We just, we just love hearing what you have to say. Yeah. So you guys thanks, are so guys. nice. Um, bye see bye. you next time. Bye.